And are you glad tonight that He looked beyond all of your faults and He saw what you really needed? Amen. Not one of us would be here tonight if He hadn't done that. Amen. I've been there where I said, I don't know why He loved me. I don't know why He cared. Old song said, oh, but I'm so glad He did. Do you feel that way tonight? Come on, love Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm so glad that You did. Amen, amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. No place that I would rather be. Better is one day. Just one day. In His courts and a thousand anywhere else. Amen. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Today you were told that if you weren't here Wednesday night that you need to go back and make that something that you listen to. And I say that tonight, if you were not here today for this morning, it's something you need to go back and listen to all of our Sunday school teachers. Amen. What a wonderful word we heard this morning from our pastor. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Judges chapter 15. Judges chapter 15, verse 14 through 20. I'm going to read in the New King James Version. Amen. Judges chapter 15, begin reading at verse 14, says, When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He reached out his hand and took it, and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey I have slain a thousand men. And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called the place Ramath-Lehi. Then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out and he drank, and his spirit returned and he revived. Therefore he called its name in Hackery, which is in Lehi to this day, and he judged Israel twenty years in the days of the Philistines. Going back to verse 18. Then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on this subject. Delivered, yet thirsty. Delivered yet thirsty. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, I pray right now that you would help me to speak your word, O oh God. That word that is already anointed. It does not return void. But God, as your messenger this evening, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. 
to deliver this truth with love, God, and let us know, God, that there is something that has to be within us, oh God, a thirst that's got to be present in this hour like never before. And Lord, we praise you tonight for what you've already done, and we rejoice knowing that you're not finished yet. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, Amen. You can be seated tonight. Here in our text, we find no doubt the strongest man who did incredible things with the strength that God had given to him. As a child, the boys always loved the story of Samson. He was the ladies man. He was the muscle man. He was like a David. He was one that all the young boys looked up to. He was like a superhero in the Word of God. This is Samson's last encounter right before coming in contact with Delilah, which is where many of us pick up the book and really know anything about Samson. He paid back his enemies here for their cruelty Then the men of Judah delivered him to the Philistines bound. But the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. He then handles business, if you will. And he finds the jawbone of a donkey. And he uses it as a weapon. And there he took out a thousand men. I want you to wrap your head around that for just a moment. We, we go through it and we read it and we know the story of Samson. But I want you to really grasp what just happened. That he goes bound and then all of a sudden the ropes just begin to fall off. And the power of God comes upon him. And he takes the jawbone of this donkey and one man with the help of God destroys 1,000 full-grown men. What a victory. What a champion. What a fighter we see in Samson. He then sets the weapon down and Scripture says he was sore athirst. It is here we see that even the mighty get thirsty. Even the strongest of men have a thirst in them that they say, I don't care what I just did. I'm so thankful for this victory. But yet still inside of me, there is a thirst. I'm still human. I still need a help from God. I still need substance tonight. Even the strongest of men need water. It is a universal need. The youngest to the eldest all need water. I am thankful for every victory. I'm thankful for every healing and every deliverance. But may I never be at the place where I think that I can keep going without water. Don't let me ever get to the place where I experience deliverance and then I'm just content with that. And I don't care if God pours anything else out. And I don't care if I ever drink again. No, you hear me. I've got to remain thirsty. I've got to remain desperate and say I'm not done fighting I'm thankful for a great deliverance yet I'm still thirsty tonight 
May I never be content with where I am when there is more to be offered. We hear it all the time. Drink water. Drink water. And when you've drank water, you need to drink more water. Not tea. You see, I put a lot of water in my tea and I think that that equates to water, but it doesn't because I put so much sugar in that tea. Not coffee. Uh oh, not soda. Water. You go to the doctor, they tell you drink water. You go to the gym, they tell you to drink water. You see how much sodas cost at the restaurant and they say you better drink water. We need food, but more than food, we need water. Our bodies can last a long time without food. But scientists say anywhere past three days without water and you are in trouble. We've got to have water. You don't have to have someone tell you you need water. If you're outside slaving in the hot sun and you're pouring sweat and you're getting weary and feeble and your your muscles begin to lock up, that is a signal going on in your body that is telling you you need water. You need something inside of you that will revive you and that will refresh you. And I know after Samson sits there, even with the help of God, go through and slays a thousand men. I can only imagine the sweat that was pouring from him. I can only imagine all of the agony and pain and the blows that he took while fighting for God in this moment and yet still at the end of it all said, I am thirsty. If you're going to keep going, you need water. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter what victories you've already seen. It doesn't matter the deliverance that you were just a part of. Maybe you experienced it today or last Sunday. There ought to never be a day that you think that you don't need water. Scripture says he was sore athirst. That means he was exceedingly thirsty. And called on the Lord and said, Lord... You have given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst? You've allowed me to fight this battle, O God. But may we never go a day without the water. Good, godly, strong men had great moves of God and great deliverance, but they died of thirst. There have been many preachers of the gospel. Many people that no doubt sat on the same pews with you that had great deliverance, that had great moments with God at an altar, but they kept going from that moment and they never went to the well that does not run dry and they never refreshed and they never went again and said, God, thank you for victory, but I'm still thirsty. Thank you for what you've done but I'm still thirsty no they forgot where their strength came from they forgot where their help really came from and they carried on saying I don't need the water I don't need the well I'm strong I'm mighty I can fight my battles now I just killed a thousand men I just saw great victory but Samson said you gave me this deliverance 
deliverance. You are the one that made this possible. And now I'm not going away because I am thirsty. Many that had great moves of God died of thirst. Sure, we've said it before. Oh, I'm dying of thirst. My boys have said it time and time. Oh, I'm dying of thirst. Maybe there's someone here tonight that has nearly actually died of thirst. But there have been countless that have seen miracles, that have seen great moves of God, but they died because they didn't take time to refresh themselves. They went on from the great deliverance. They went on from the healing and the breakthrough, thinking that they deserved it. Thinking that they've paid the price and now they get victory and deliverance. And they can carry on. Samson could have died of thirst right then and went on his way and never said anything. He didn't have to cry out to God. He could have kept going and kept walking, but surely after fighting a battle like that and then walking away, surely he would have died of thirst. Lord, I know you gave me this deliverance, but I don't believe you gave me such a victory that would allow me to die of thirst when I could have just died a thousand deaths by a thousand men each one with a sword and a spear each one with fist ready to take me out I could have died a thousand ways now I cannot die thirsty I cannot die just because of something as simple as getting a drink of water to refresh my soul Just because you've been set free doesn't mean the journey is over for you. There is still a work for you to do, Samson. This isn't how you go out. You don't die thirsty. I'm going to make provision for you. And he does time and time again. God doesn't expect you to go without the water. Water is essential to life, but water is also essential to new life. We better not ever go a day where we think we don't need the water. He said we've got to be baptized of water and of the Spirit. You hear me? Baptism in Jesus' name is still essential to salvation. You can go on and carry on with deliverance if you want to but water baptism is still important God doesn't expect you to go on without the water he is the living water there's a eunuch that hears about the importance of water baptism when Philip begins preaching to him Jesus And when they see water, he says, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Here is the opportunity. I don't want to go another day. I don't want to risk finding water tomorrow when water is here today. Today could be the day of salvation. Today could be the day that God really does something in my life. In John 4, the Bible tells us, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria and he sits there at a well, Jacob's well. Jesus, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well at the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus, 
The first thing out of his mouth was not, how are you doing today? Isn't the weather lovely? Isn't it nice? The very first thing he says when he looks at her is, give me a drink. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me? A Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. The woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. When then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain, a fountain, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Because when you take a drink of this water, it doesn't just go down and sit and settle and satisfy you. It becomes a fountain. It begins overflowing. It begins to flow out of you and you can't control it. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. God, give me something that's real. Give me something that will satisfy me. I've been a lot of places. I've done a lot of things. I've been with a lot of men. But God, I don't want to do that anymore. I come thirsty to this well today. And while I came wanting a literal drink of water, I'm leaving with so much more. And I wonder tonight, if there was anybody maybe you came thirsty physically tonight but in this place there's a hunger and a thirst for righteousness there's a stirring in you tonight that says God I'm thirsty God I want something from that fountain again I want to draw from that well again here we see that Jesus is weary and tired from his journey he doesn't go sit under a tree. He doesn't go sit in a corner and pout. He sits by a well and the first thing he says is give me a drink. It doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter what he's accomplished. Even he was thirsty. And she wasn't just there getting water aimlessly herself. Because she said give me this water that I may thirst no more. I'm tired of being thirsty for other things. I'm tired of seeking other opportunities. I want something that's real. There was a natural well there, but there was also a spiritual well. And he tells her, I am he. I am that Messiah. I am that one that you're coming and you've heard about all this time that you've been waiting and looking for. I am here with you at the well and I'm offering you a drink. In Exodus 15, they crossed the Red Sea. There was great deliverance from Egypt. 
But the people in verse 22 say that they went three days and found no water. Remember what scientists say. After three days of no water, you're in trouble. And they said, we've traveled for three days and we have found no water. And when they found water, it was bitter and they could not drink it. And they murmured and they complained against Moses. What are we supposed to drink? What are we supposed to drink, Moses? And they cried against Moses. But the Bible says that Moses cried to the Lord. You hear me? It matters who you cry to. It matters who you cry to. You can go cry to a psychiatrist. You can go cry to a doctor. You can come cry in our offices all you want to. But at the end of the day, until somebody cries out to God, the water's not going to come. I wonder what would have happened if somewhere in their camp they said, you know what? Why don't we start crying for water? Why don't we cry out to God and quit complaining and complaining and complaining against the man of God and why don't I get down on my knees and say God I am thirsty God I need something from you God we've been three days without water and I need a drink because when Moses cried out God said go get a tree and put it in the water and the water becomes sweet when you cry out to God he'll give you an answer when you cry out to God he'll make bitter things sweet when you start crying out to him he'll give you substance he'll give you everything that you need then the bible says they journeyed on and they came to Elam they came to Elam where there were twelve wells of water not a well Not just one place to draw from, but 12 wells of water and palm trees everywhere. They had walked into an oasis that God had provided just before them. Hear me tonight. You cannot get to Elam until you have gone through Mara. You can't get to 12 wells until you're willing to trust Him when there's no water and the water that is there is bitter and you let Him provide for you and show Himself strong in your life. Then God can take you by the hand and lead you to a place where there is an abundance for you to draw from and the Bible says that they camped there they said here's water let's let's stay right here and let's drink and let's get our full before we have to go any further sometimes you have to be pushed to that third day limit sometimes you have to go through bitter things but give it time and you're going to find yourself an oasis Did God bring you this far to die? No. Did God deliver you from Egypt to watch you die of thirst? No. Just two chapters later, they again find themselves in a place where there was no water for them to drink. So they had faith and believed in God, and we've seen them do it once. No. The Bible says that the people chided and murmured and complained against the man of God. Exodus 17 and 3 And the people thirsted there for water 
And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? They're just tying everybody in and it's not just about me anymore. It's about my children and we're, we're putting our cattle and our livestock in there with this. But again, the Bible says that Moses cries unto the Lord, What shall I do? They're getting ready to stone me, God. What shall I do? There's no water here. And he tells them to hit the rock and he hits the rock and water flows again. And God provides yet again. In our text tonight, we find Samson very thirsty. And he cries out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant and now shall I die of thirst so God split the hollow place that is in Lehi and water came out and he drank and his spirit returned and he revived therefore he called its name in Hakkari which is in Lehi to this day in Hakkari means the spring of the caller or the well of him that cried when you begin to cry out to God in that place where you've experienced deliverance and you've seen great victory but yet there's a thirst inside of you and you look around and there's not really anything to draw from and you found yourself in a place where you're so thirsty and you come to the house of God tonight might be my night I might get it tonight and it's dry and it's barren and you're not getting it and you feel defeated and you want to walk away and throw in the towel and say God I give up God I'm tired of the dryness I'm tired of being barren and empty but somebody's got to be a Samson that cries out and says I want some water I want a well I want something to drink I'm not satisfied with deliverance I'm thirsty for more of you and God said alright I'm going to make a way I'm going to crack this open and water's going to flow out and by, the Bible says that Samson took a drink and he revived and he regained strength and he got his composure back. Some of you that's all it's going to take tonight is to call out to God and to cry out for a well and say God bring me that spring. Bring me that well that I may drink and be refreshed tonight. Even though Israel had stopped calling out to God, Samson still knows how to cry out to the Lord. Scripture says, Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they shall be filled. As important as the battle, so is the condition of the soldier. So you had great deliverance, that's wonderful. But don't think that you can go to the next one without first reviving. Samson wouldn't have made it past that day if he didn't cry out to God. He would have died of thirst. Well, I have another fight ahead of me. I've got work I've got to do. I can't stop. I can't, I can't do anything different. I've just got to keep going. Hear me, don't get so caught up in the work that you forget to stop by the well. 
don't get so caught up in the battle and you're just defeating these things and, and you just keep going and never taking time to come and receive from what God has and allow yourself to be filled. That's why it is so important to be faithful to the house of God. That's why it's so important to, to have a relationship with God beyond just Sunday to Sunday because you come in here and you get refreshed and you feel so good but by Wednesday you've been without water for three days and you're going to start dying of thirst that's why you've got to come back on Wednesday night and you've got to have some devotion between there and you've got to pray and say God every day I need a refreshing every day I want to overflow I want my cup to runneth over God every day may I remain thirsty Sometimes we need that refresher. We need a moment just to sit back and be renewed. Some of us are so worn out by life. The bell has rung, but we're still out there swinging and fighting. And we're trying to defeat our enemy. And the enemy's sitting in his corner because the bell rang. And we're out there just beating air. When God's saying, hey, if you would just come over here. Get in your corner. Take a seat. There's going to be some people that are going to come and they're going to pat you up. They're going to squirt some water in your mouth. They're going to let you catch your breath. They're going to give you just a moment because the battle's not over yet. There's still a fight for you. And if you go out there and you just keep fighting and you don't let us help you and you don't let us refresh you, then you're going to be done by round five of exhaustion. But if you will come sit in the corner and let your brothers and sisters rally around you and you will let God begin to work on your life, then when the bell rings again, you're ready to go because you've had a drink of water, because you've refreshed and you're ready to go at it some more. These marathon runners, they run and they run and they run. But there are places along the path. Now, I've never done it. You can tell that by looking at me. But there are people that run these marathons that while they are on the journey, there are tents that are set up that are water stations. And while they are running this marathon, yes, there's a race to win. Yes, there's somewhere that there's a finish line for them to cross. But if I don't take a drink of water and I don't stop to refresh myself, I'm never going to make it to the finish line. You hear me, church? God is telling somebody it's time that you stop by the refreshing station it's time you come and get a drink again from that water and let it revive you and restore you because you've got a race that you've got to win when John the Baptist's head was cut off he didn't talk down on the disciples he didn't discourage them he saw them and he understood what they were going through and as important as the message is, so is the messenger. And the Bible says that he drew them by ship into a desert place apart. It's important sometimes to withdraw and pull back and just be with God. 
just sit in His presence for a moment and, and not rush out of here because the restaurant's about to close or we got somewhere to be. But we stop for just a moment and say, God, I just need to be with You for a moment. God, I've been through some really hard times. Our friend John just lost his life for the very gospel that we are preaching today. I could be next. My brother could be next. And God, there's a lot going on right now. And God pulls them apart. And He says, come on. Come on, we're going to go to a private place. We're going to go to a quiet place. Just you and I. And I'm going to be there with you. Sometimes you just need a moment. Sometimes you just need to let off the gas for a minute and say, God, if I keep going the way I'm going, I'm going to crash and burn. God, if I keep going and I keep fighting like this and hitting my head against this wall, God, I'm not going to get anywhere. But God, if I could come and refresh myself in your presence, who knows what might be possible. Sometimes we can get worn out and we can get exhausted and something inside of us says we've got to keep going, we've got to keep fighting, we've got to stay on the front line. But God is calling some of us to take a step back and breathe, take a step back and heal and refresh ourselves. You're not a coward if you step back. You're not a coward if you run somewhere to find safety. Scripture tells us the very name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, not the ungodly, not the, not the enemy, not the other people, the righteous runneth to it and are safe. It's a place you can regain strength. It's a place you can rest under the shadow of His wings. He can hide you in the cleft of the rock. He can put you in a place and allow you to heal and restore before you take another step. Notice with me both in Exodus and here with Samson, the water flowed from hard things. Both had experienced deliverance, but yet both found themselves thirsty. Some cried about God. Moses and Samson cried to God. You can cry about circumstances. You can cry about where you are and what you have and what you don't have. Or you can turn and say, God, I don't care what my situation is. I am thirsty. Then we find Jesus paying the price to deliver us once and for all. His last words that we all know, it is finished. But just before that, John 19 verse 28 says, After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. Alright, I can go home. Everything's accomplished. Everything's done. Victory is ours. The scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it 
is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. All things are accomplished, yet I thirst. I, God in flesh, know what it's like to be at the very end and feel like all life has been drawn from me and I don't have anything else to offer. But there are three more words that I've got to say. And before I say it, I need a drink. I need a refreshing. I need something to revive me just a moment so that I can truly finish this thing the way that it needs to finish. Because I can't say those words without this drink. I can't say that I have fulfilled prophecy if I do not take this drink. And so he sits there and before he says it is finished, he's hanging on a cross after pleading for them father forgive them for they know not what they do after saving one beside him on the cross now he's at the very end and he's sitting there in his humanity and he says I thirst I thirst I thirst before I can finish I need something to drink Children of Israel, you've experienced great deliverance out of Egypt. Yes, but we're still thirsty. Samson, my, what a deliverance. Yes, but I'm still thirsty. Jesus, wow, look at all you've accomplished. Yes, but I am thirsty. Greater life, you have come so far and God has been so very good to you. But He has not brought you this far for you to be content and to die out at this point of thirst and to go on your way without visiting a well and to simply come sit on a pew and be so close to the well but you're not really drawing anything from it. You're admiring as others sit from the fountain. You're admiring as others take part in it but I call to you tonight that are thirsty don't die of thirst don't die without that living water let's stand all over this place tonight you can have everything and still not have water you can have great deliverance and die thirsty You can be a rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and find yourself in hell. Luke 16, 23 says, The rich man in hell lifts up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus, the man sitting at his gate, that seemed like the one with all the problems. But Lazarus is there in his bosom, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he he may give me more money. That he may bring me more things. That he would give me some food that I might eat. No, the only thing I want. The only thing my soul longs for. Is if he could get some water on his finger 
And let it touch the tip of my tongue and cool it, for I am tormented in this flame. Hear me tonight, church. Don't wait until it's too late before you start craving water. Don't wait until you're burning in hell, looking up and saying, Just a drop. Oh, when I had an opportunity to drink from the fountain, when I had an opportunity to cry out to God, I missed it. And now here I am. And I would give anything for just a drop. The only time I get to quit being thirsty, hear me, Revelation 7 says, They shall hunger no more. Neither shall they thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Tonight I ask you, Greater Life Church, are you thirsty? I know you've been delivered. I know you've been healed. I know you felt God's presence. But are you thirsty tonight? I invite you to come. I invite you to draw from the well tonight. I invite you to cry out to God and say, God, make a river in the desert. God, make a way in the wilderness, oh God. I'm thirsty, God. God, I'm so thirsty, Lord. It's been so long. God, I feel like I've passed three days. Oh, I need that water. I need a drink from your fountain, oh God. God, let me drink while I'm still able. Let me be a partaker while I still can. Oh God, my children are thirsty. My family is thirsty, God. I'm tired of feeling barren. I'm tired of feeling parched. God, give me drink tonight. Oh, God, let me drink until my cup overflows. God. Even you know what it's like to be thirsty. Oh God, I thirst for you, Jesus. 